All right. Well, good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here in the house of God. Looks like we've got a low number today, but uh, I kind of expected that being uh, Labor Day weekend. Do appreciate you being here, though, and uh, looking forward to what the Lord has for us. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer and see what he has this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship and praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this morning. Lord, we do ask that if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, we ask that you would speak as only you can. Do a great and mighty work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was expecting a big number today. We're having food after church. It usually brings Baptist in. So to start off this morning, let's start with 482, if you would. 482 in your hymn books today, if you would stand with me, please. 482, Dwelling in Beulah Land. Let's give a good hearty praise God there in the chorus. 482. Thank you. 
started, you can uh, sit down if you'd like. Uh, hymn number 530 for our next hymn, 530. Rescue the Perishing, 530. <laughs>
For our last hymn this morning, we're going to turn to number 564 in our hymn books. Number 564 in the sweet by and by, 564. sing is very well known by Martin Luther. He wrote the words and the music to it. But it's such a powerful song that we need to remember that in everything that's going on today, all around us, God is still our mighty fortress. And we can hide behind that wall and say, thank you, Lord. Continue to protect me, but show me the way. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe 
doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours, through him with us sideth. Let goods and kindreds go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Thank you, Brother David. Do appreciate that number this morning. Do appreciate again you being out this morning on this Labor Day weekend. Hope and pray that you've already been blessed for being here. And to our visitors, we do appreciate you being here. You're our honored guest. And if there's anything that uh, we can do uh, to be a blessing to you, please let us know. We want to be a help and a blessing to you, encouragement to you this morning. Uh, I was praying about what to bring this morning, and the Lord put upon my heart this message I've entitled, Lord, we need your help. Lord, we need your help. And... Uh, I'm not trying to be political this morning, uh, but I don't know if anyone else caught what our president said this last week uh, in one of his conferences, one of his meetings. Whether you like him or not, that's beside the point. It's no, noteworthy for Christians, though, to hear what he said. He has called today to be a national day of prayer. Amen. That's a stark con uh, contrast from what we heard uh, from our previous president that's removed the National Day of Prayer. Uh, Christians and churches all across this country are praying specifically for those in Texas and, uh, and Louisiana, those who have been affected by Hurricane Harvey. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. President Trump said that our answer is not in our government, but in our God. He then quoted this verse. Now, I don't believe, I don't know if he quoted it from the King James or not, but uh, I know he quoted Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. What he was saying there is that uh, we need God. Not just, I believe he wasn't just saying about just in Texas with everything going on. I'm, saying, I'm thinking he's saying with the rioting and all the things that are going on in our country. Folks, we need God. We need God to intervene in our, in our, our midst here. Thinking about the devastation in Houston and, and uh, in Louisiana from the hurricanes and uh, another hurricane coming, uh, Hurricane Irma, uh, it's, uh, it's on its way. And I believe most importantly because of the wickedness of our nation, we need the Lord and he's our only hope. 
I, I can tell you this, governments are, uh, the president's not our, our answer. And uh, we need God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask all that we are able to, all that would. Uh, he has proclaimed this to be a national day of prayer, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for just a moment. Uh, all that are able to and would like to, to come to the altar and pray for our country. And I'm going to have um, Brother Tony, if you would lead us, and Brother Sean, if you would close us in a word of prayer. Uh, but all that would, would you come and, and pray this morning in unison, um, asking God to do something to... Uh, number one, for those uh, affected by hurricane, but also uh, for the spiritual uh, apathy and the wickedness of our country. We need God. We need his help, uh, his intervention on our behalf. So I'm asking all that would to come. And then, uh, again, Brother Tony, lead us. And then, Brother Sean, close this, please, sir.
you're on your way back to your seat, join me in singing, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to prayers. Continue to pray for those uh, in uh, Louisiana and Texas this week and throughout the weeks to come. Pray for our president and the leaders. And I know that the Lord is, I'm expecting God to do some great things even through this. We know that God is in the midst of it all. And so I do appreciate, uh, appreciate the prayers. I do also want to let you know that I talked to the deacons this week and Brother Harold Noble, one of our uh, one of the gentlemen that comes, the evangelist missionary that comes through here a lot, uh, he and Andrew Phipps of Phipps Gospel Sing, uh, they're going to Texas. They're taking some, uh, some food and some water and some different supplies, and uh, they're going, and our, our deacons, uh, we decided to give $1,000 to them for uh, different things such as that. I knew that that was a, a quick thing, so I had to talk to the deacons about that. And so I just want to let you know, uh, also Brother Keith Davidson is going to be doing some, uh, he already done some, um, uh, printed some Bibles and New Testaments, John and Romans and things to uh, hand out there. And uh, Brother Noble has taken some of those in. And uh, I'm going to talk to the deacons also about that. I'd like to give a little bit of money towards them as well in producing those Bibles. They didn't ask for it this time because of the big seed line uh, uh, the ministry is this coming uh, this month, so they didn't want to ask for more funds from the churches, uh, but I'd like to do something to help that ministry. And just getting the gospel out, folks, that's what we need to do. And God's word will not return unto him void. And so uh, I'm expecting God to do some great things there, and uh, we'll keep you uh, posted on what the Lord is doing. I'm going to ask you to join me in Psalm 79. Psalm 79, again, we're going to preach a message, Lord, we need your help. In this day that I'm looking at, I'm seeing in our country uh, everything that's going on with uh, the rioting, with all the, uh, even the hurricanes and things. We need God's help. We need His help. And uh, this is bigger than one person. It's bigger than our country. It's bigger than anything that we can handle. We need God's help. Don't you notice in Psalm 79, verse 8, and we'll read down through verse 13, the Bible says, Oh, remember not against us former iniquities... Let uh, thy tender mercy speedily prevent us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name, and deliver us and purge away our sins for thy name's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is thy, their God? Let him be known among the heathen in our sight by the revenging uh, of the blood of thy servants which is shed. Let the sign of the prisoner come before thee, according to the greatness of thy power. Preserve thou those that are appointed to die, and render unto our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom their reproach. Wherewith they have reproached thee, O Lord, so we, thy people, and sheep of thy pasture, will give thee thanks forever. 
we will show forth thy praise to all generations. Let's pray once again. Our Heavenly Father, again, thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Thank you for the unity we have in prayer. Uh, Lord, the, the privilege we have, the power we have in prayer. But Lord, I thank you for the person of prayer, who we pray to. And Lord, I pray this morning that if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, for those that are maybe discouraged or disheartened this morning, Lord, that you would comfort them and give them a peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I pray that you would just be in our midst and work a great work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Psalm 121, verse 1 through 3, the Bible says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made the, heavens and the heaven and the earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Aren't you thankful that our God isn't asleep right now? Aren't you thankful that God knows exactly what's going on in Houston and what's going on in our country right now? The Bible goes on to say in Psalm 46, verse 1 through 3, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though, uh, though the earth be removed and, and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Many times in my life I have felt like, what is the use? Why even try? Anybody else ever felt like that? Sure we have. We felt, what, what is the use? But even in those times of desperation, uh, I can come boldly to the Lord and think, my help cometh from the Lord. You know, it's not in my power. I can't do it. I fail miserably every time I try, but God can. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Again, the message is, Lord, we need your help this morning. Uh, there have been times in my life and probably times in your life uh, when you thought no one cares and no one can help. But then God reminds us of his precious promises. His precious promise found in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6, it says this, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We can say the Lord is my helper. In times of great distress and our deepest sorrow, the Lord has always been there. Now you think about it in your own life. Has God always been there for you? You know, I say this, I may let you down, your friends may let you down, your family members may let you down, but God will never forsake us. God will never let us down. You know, he's never too busy. My dad says he never gets, he, he, you don't get a call waiting uh, uh, with, with God. He's right there. He listens to your prayers. But he's always there to lift me up when I stumble or when I fall. And, and when I my, make my life com, in complete shambles, God's there. He says, you know, we think no one ever cared for me but Jesus. No one ever cared. I think the songwriter had it right. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There in Psalm 40, verse 2, it says, He brought me up also out of a horrible and horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon the rock and established my goings. Again, friends may fail you. Family may fail you. And I probably will fail you. But Jesus will never fail you. No matter how good I am or how bad I am, He still loves me. 
and he still cares for me. He's there, and I only must turn to him. He invites us there in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says, Come unto me, all you that, ha- or, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I want you to notice some things as we preach this message. Lord, I, uh, we need your help. I want you to consider three things this morning. Notice number one from our text in Psalm 79. Notice there, notice the request for help. You know, folks, we try to do so much things in our, on our own power, but we must first request God's help. We must go to Him. As Brother Sean said this morning, that your, our brother, I can't remember if Brother Sean or Brother Tony said this morning, that He desires to hear from us. Now you think about this, the God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that, that spoke it all into existence, wants to hear from me. That just astounds me. That just is amazing to me, the fact that God wants to hear my prayer. The psalmist says here, he's saying, uh, notice there in verse 9, he says, Help us, O God of our salvation. His request is, God, help me. I can't get through this without you, Lord. I need your help. And folks, until we get to the point where we say, I can't, but he can, Lord God, I need your help in our lives, he's not going to come through. We've got to trust in him. We've got to seek his help. The psalmist was saying, I need you. I'm in a predicament that there's no way I can see my, myself out of it. I can't do it. God, you can, and I need your help. He notices that he acknowledges his sin. You know, there's so many people that are going through life and they say, God, I need you, but they want to still wallow in their sin and live like the devil and live like the world. But he noticed, notice what he says there. He says, purge away our sins. Take away my sins here. The word purge here is in the Hebrew. What it means is purify or pardon. He's saying, purify, cleanse me from my wickedness. It goes along with 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. That's what this is going along with saying, hey, we need to turn from our wicked ways. You know what? We do need a healing in our land. We do need a healing, but we need to turn from our wicked ways, folks. There's a request here for help. He's saying, take them away that, that, that they may be seen no more. Pardon and forgive them for Christ's name's sake. I'm so thankful that our Savior there in John chapter 1 verse 29 is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his, his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye are healed. Folks, salvation doesn't come because of uh, your goodness or your good works or because you've been baptized or because you've done this or you give to the church or because you go to church. It has nothing to do with those things. It has all to do with what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary when he died for our sins. Even when we sin, we have this promise there in 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness goes on to say, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is a propitiation for our sins, and not our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. See, we're all sinners. But thank God we have a forgiving God. 
We have a forgiving God. A God that not only forgives, but He chooses not to remember our sins. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 17, And their sins and iniquities, notice this, I, will I remember no more. Do you think that God actually forgets? No. You know what he does? He chooses not to remember. He chooses not to bring up those things that we've done in the past. Aren't you thankful that we have a forgiving God and a God that doesn't throw in our face all those things, those iniquities and sins that we've done? Once we've got them forgiven, we've asked for forgiveness. Aren't you thankful that he forgives and chooses not to bring them back up? You say, but, but pastor, there's, there's people that there, uh, God brings those things back up in my mind. No, it's not God that brings them up. It's you. Or it's Satan saying, hey, you're not worthy. You're not worthy to be a servant of Jesus Christ. And he's wanting to uh, try to get you uh, to stumble and fall. See, we're all sinners, but thank God we have a forgiving God and a God that chooses not to remember our sins any, anymore. Even though God forgives and chooses not to remember our sins, we still deal with guilt. That guilt. Jesus never attacked a sinner. He simply said, I forgive you. Meanwhile, he attacked the self-righteous with vengeance because he knew that until they felt guilt, they couldn't be forgiven. Now think about that, folks. True guilt is a valuable asset for living. It helps us when we hurt others or betray our own standards and values. God uses guilt to influence us to change, uh, to change our minds about what we're doing and and lead us to repentance. That's what guilt is all about. I'm thankful the psalmist was writing here. He says, he says, purge me. He says, forgive me for my sins. What was that? He was having guilt. He realized that there was sin in his life. Folks, until we get to the point that we ask God to forgive us our sins. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the Christian. 1 John 1.9 was written to Christians. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Not talking about salvation. I'm talking about a walk, a fruitfulness, and a fellowship with God. You see, if we never have guilt, felt guilt, we would not follow rules or standards, obey the laws, or have good relationships with our loved ones. The first part of this request is for, for help. It, it deals with pardon. For our sins. But notice the second part it says, Deliver us from trouble. David said this in Psalm 34. He said this in verse 4 through 8 I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They, saw, they looked unto him and, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and delivered them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man that trusteth in him. Blessed is a man that trusteth in him. You know the word taste there? You know what it means? It means to try or perceive. To try or perceive. Try the Lord. Perceive the Lord. When we find ourselves in trouble, whether it's our own doings or doings of someone else, we can try the Lord. We can find rest in the Lord. If he chooses to take us from this trial, listen. Praise God. We should praise Him. But if He chooses not to take us, He allows us to endure those trials, can I tell you what? We should praise Him anyways. Why? Because the Bible says this, In everything give thanks unto God, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He didn't say just in the good times we're going to praise Him. 
No, he said, even during the valleys, even during those things, even during the hurricane, we can praise God and say, God, you're good, for he is good. Think about this, the three Hebrew boys. They said this in in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17, If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, catch that, but if not, Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Folks, God's good. Don't matter what the circumstances, the situations, none of those things matter. God is still God, and he's still good, and he's worthy of our praise. But then I want you to notice thirdly there, he says, help us to serve. He's teaching us to help us to serve us in the future. Look there in verse 13, it says, So we, thy people, and sheep of thy pasture, will give thanks unto thee forever. We will show forth thy praises to all generations. Whatever trial we face, whatever trouble we find ourselves in, whatever sin has overtaken us, we have the greatest help known to man. Psalm 124, verse 8, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Folks, you realize the God that we serve, that He is able. He understands our failures, our weaknesses, and our pain. There in Hebrews 4.15 it says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the, with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace and to help in time of need. Matthew Henry said this, The Christians forget not that he is often bound in the chains of his sins. How fervently should he at all times pray, O let the sign of the prisoner come before thee, according to the greatness of thy power, preserve thou those that are appointed to die. How glorious will that day be when triumph over sin and sorrow. The church beholds the adversary disarmed forever, while the church shall from the age to age sing the praises of her great shepherd and bishop and her king and her God. Notice the request for God's help. It's a purging of sin. It's a deliverance from troubles. It's a help to serve him in the future. Then I want you to notice number two. Notice the reason for help. The reason for help. Look there in verse 8 and 9. It says, Oh, remember not against us former iniquities. Let thy tender mercy speedily prevent us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God, of our salvation for the glory of thy name, and deliver us and purge, us away, purge away our sins for thy name's sake. Even though God has promised to forgive and he chooses not to remember our iniquities we sometimes have we sometimes have a hard time forgetting our sins and others sins those that have hurt us we should pray that we are able to forgive and choose not to remember those sins and choose not to bring those things up that people have forgiven us, have hurt us and 1 Peter 4 8 says, And above all, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. You know what the word charity means? It means love. It means love. John Wesley said this He that loves another covers his faults, how many soever they be. 
He turns away his own eyes from them and as far as is possible hides them from others. And he continually prays that all the sinners' iniquities may be forgiven and his sins covered. The reason we cannot get past the offenses of one who has wronged us is that we don't love them like we should or like we say we do. Why should we practice forgiveness and forgetting of sin? There in verse 9 it says, For thy name's sake. Why? Because of thy name's sake. That his name may be honored. We are his professed people. We, we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He has redeemed us. He has purchased us. And his honor will be affected by the question of whether or not we are saved or destroyed. It is the highest and purest grounds for prayer that the glory and honor of God may be promoted. Folks, I believe we walk around this, we walk around and, and we're a testimony to the outside world, to those that aren't saved. You know, I, I've said this many times, we're the only Bibles that some people read. The only Bibles that some people read. Christians, what kind of Bible are they reading? What kind of fairy tale are they reading in your life? See, the Bible is real and it's true. See, for thy name's sake, but also for the glory of God. It says, help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name. The word glory in the Hebrew means for the excellency. For the excellency of thy name. When we practice love and forgiveness to those who have hurt us, we show forth the glory of God. The reason of the psalmist is, uh, is saying, for, he's saying the reason is for your namesake and for your glory. Lord, this is why we need your help. For your namesake and for your glory. So we see the request for help, the reason for help. And then I want you to notice, finally, the third thing here. Notice the reassurance of help. In Hebrews chapter number 13, verse 5 and 6, it says, For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Folks, Christians, listen, we have this promise that God will never leave us, nor forsake us. The psalmist had assurance in the promises of God. How did, why did the psalmist have this assurance? Because of his past. You think about this in your life. How can we have assurance that God will never leave us nor forsake us? Because he hasn't in the past. And we know the promises of the future. He said that he's not going to just leave us here without a comforter. We have the comfort of the Holy Ghost living and abiding with us forever. When a Christian gets, when a person gets saved, listen, that Holy Spirit of God comes upon you like that. When you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit living and abiding in you forever. But then in the future, he says, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. You know, how can we have this reassurance? Because of our past. We know God's always been there. Our future tells us that God's going to come and get us through the rapture or through death. Aren't you thankful for that? But then also that gives us reassurance in the presence that we can look to our past. We can look forward to our future and know in our present that God will never leave us nor forsake us. He has promised his presence. Aren't you thankful for that? He has promised his presence. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not withdraw his presence. That means never leave thee. He's always going to be, his presence will be. But also, he says, he will, nor will he withdraw his help from us. It says, nor will I forsake thee. 
He's saying, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to help you. All you have to do is come to me. You know, the Bible promises in his word, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You don't have to be alone in your hurt. Folks, we don't have to be alone in our and what's going on in our lives. We have an advocate. We have the one that to stand beside us. We have one that comforts us. The Bible says that peace that passes all understanding can be ours. See, joy is an option. And it's all uh, been made possible through our Savior. See, he went without comfort. Think about this. He went without comfort so that we might be comforted. He endured the pain on the cross that we might share in the joy of salvation. He willingly chose isolation so that you might never be alone in your hurt and your sorrow. God's there for us. I tell you, I'm not wanting to point anybody out, but I was just looking and praying this morning, and I was looking at birthdays, and my dad has a birthday tomorrow, and I was looking next week on the 10th, I knew this, but Miss Judith has a birthday. And this year, guess what? Miss Judith's going to be rejoicing in heaven on her birthday. I started thinking about that. You know, I've seen how God has put comfort in this family's life during this time of bereavement. It's really a time of rejoicing for them. You know, how can we, how can we have that joy? How can we still have peace during hard times? It's through the Lord. He's promised us his presence. Folks, I can't, I, I know I've lost loved ones. I've lost friends. You have too, but the only way we can get through it is through his peace and through his presence. See, he willingly chose isolation that we might have his presence with us. But then I want you to notice the final thing. He has promised his power. Not only his presence, his peace, but also his power. It says, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. I will not fear what men shall be, do unto me. What a blessing to know that if God be for us, who can be against us? You see, every believer can boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. He's our help, folks. He has promised his power, his provision, his protection. He's our help. No matter what the future holds, he will see us through it. I was talking about in our Sunday school hour with our teenagers, talking about how uh, wherever God guides, he provides. And sometimes we, get afraid, we, we are afraid where God, if we surrender our lives to wherever God wants us to go, maybe it's in Africa or, or, or maybe it's in Pakistan or somewhere that's very dangerous and, and, and we think, I don't want to go there. But can I tell you this? Wherever God guides, He provides. He protects. And we can trust in Him. You know what? We have His power. I didn't say that you wouldn't, you, that you wouldn't die on the battlefield. But it's, we think of it this way. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. God is with us regardless. We're a winner either way. But it's better to trust in the Lord. Trust in Him. The Lord is our helper. As we face crises of life, we can be confident the Lord will be there and help us if we only 
seek his help. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. So we think about this thought, Lord, we need your help. Folks, we can't do it in our own power. We need his help in our lives. I want to challenge you to find a place at the altar. Maybe you've been trusting in what you can do, your own finances, your own uh, abilities. I don't know what the case may be, but I want you to come this morning and say, God, I trust in you. Lord, I need you. I can't do it. I can't do it. I need your help. Maybe you hear this morning and you say, Pastor, I, that's my prayer this morning. I've been trying to do things in my own power. I've been trying to do things with my own abilities. Pastor, pray for me. I need to just turn it all over to God. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? I just need a yes, a hands across the room. I just need to trust in Him. Maybe you hear this morning and say, Pastor, I don't know for sure if I was to die today. I just don't know for sure that I go to heaven. I've got some questions. I've got some doubts. I just don't know. 100% sure that I go to heaven. Pastor, would you pray for me? Anyone like that? No one else is looking around. Would you be honest to say, Pastor, pray for me. I just don't know. Anyone? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for those that were able to come out this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help apply this, this message to our lives and to our hearts. Lord, that we realize that we need your help. God, we can't do it without you. And Lord, I pray this morning, men and women, boys and girls, would find a place at the altar this morning and, and plea and, and request your help, Lord, and the reason for your help, and Lord, also the reassurance of your help. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet as Miss Haley begins to play softly? God has spoke to your heart. I'm going to ask you to come and just be obedient to God. God, I need your help. I don't know what situation you may find yourself in. But you say, God, I need your help. I can't do it, but you can. I'm putting my faith, my trust, my confidence in you. Lord, if you don't come through, it's not going to get done. Only trust him. Only trust him now. are at the altar you may be seated but be in an attitude of prayer as God has spoke to your heart there's still you can be seated but if God has spoke to your heart there's the altar still open altar still open anytime during the message during the invitation if God speaks to you the altar is always open only trust him now Thank you for your attention this morning. 
I do. I'm going to go ahead and ask the men to come forward. We'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings. I want to give you a few announcements as they come up here. I want to remind you that we're having dinner on the grounds here. I want everyone to stick around. There's plenty of food. Trust me. There's going to be a good time of fellowship. Visitors, you are our welcome guests. We want you to be here. Um, and uh, so if you can stick around, love to have you. Just time of fellowship right after our services this morning. Then right after, well, probably about 1230 or so, uh, I'll have a short devotion and uh, won't keep you long, I promise. And uh, then we'll then we'll have a short devotion. No evening services tonight. Just want to remind you, no evening services tonight. Uh, but Faith Baptist Church in Cunot, they're in revival this week. So if you'd like, uh, Brother Brian McBride's going to be preaching. Powerful, powerful preacher. Uh, probably one of the best of our day, I, I can tell you that. And so if you're able to go to uh, tonight, go to uh, Faith Baptist Church in Cunot. Tomorrow night we're going to go uh, as a church over to Faith Baptist Church. And I want to remind you, if you go over there, sit on the old people's side. Uh, I'm saying that because Pastor West said that, all right? He's the one that invited us uh, to, be, uh, to come along. And so you, uh, you say, I'm with the old people today. Uh, and uh, we're trying to beat the young people, all right? Yes, Mrs. Oh, I think it's uh, 7 o'clock, but um, I'm not sure. You may want to call to, just to be sure. Um, I know our services start at 6, but I think they start at 7. So um, that's tonight. Then tomorrow night, I know it's 7 o'clock. Tuesday night's 7 o'clock. Um, and, of course, Wednesday night you'll be here. And then Thursday night, uh, Thursday night is also um, 7 o'clock. They're, ha- they're going through Thursday. And so if you're able to go, I know uh, it'll be a blessing to their church. They are a blessing to us. And then I want to remind you, this coming Saturday is our big teen day. All right, and uh, all the teens are welcome to come to this. It's the amazing race, and uh, they're going to be at 1 o'clock here. Yes, Brother Adam. Six o'clock. Thank you, Brother Adam. He looked it up on the internet. And so six o'clock tonight if you're wanting to go to the revival. And then uh, so teen activity this coming Saturday nine at one o'clock. And then Friday and Saturday, September 15th and 16th is our men's retreat. We're going to go to Hoosier Hills. All teenagers and men, you're welcome to come. It's going to be a great time. And we're going to have a contest, see who can snore the loudest, okay? And uh, so I'm sure that I won't win that contest. Okay, my wife's not in here, so I didn't get any amens on that. So uh, Then on September 17th through the 20th is a seed line conference, and looking forward to that. Our mission of the week, Brother Adam and Brandy Crabtree, and we appreciate their work there in New York. Our deacon of the week, Brother... Scared me. Uh, Brother Ed Buchanan is our deacon of the week. Our family of the week is the Lippert family, David, Hannah, and Evelyn Lippert. We do appreciate them. And our trustee of the week, Brother Tim Watson. You remember these folks in your prayers. Then we have happy birthday, Miss Sherry Brooks. She's not here this morning, but happy birthday to her. Uh, my dad has a birthday tomorrow, and I'm not going to ask him his age. And then Brother Jack Shouse has a birthday this week as well, so wish him a happy birthday. And then Miss Christy Biggs has a birthday also this week. You wish them a happy birthday. Then also this week we have an anniversary. Brother Ed and Miss Betty Buchanan, their anniversary this week. How many years has it been, Brother Ed? 68, 68 years. Isn't that amazing? Let's give him a round of applause. It's hard to believe, but he married her whenever she was 10 years old. So he, he told me so he can train her uh, the way he wanted her. So Because uh, she's only 78. So... Um, but anyways, we do love and appreciate the Buchanans. All right, I think that's all the announcements I have. Brother Eli, sir, would you please ask the blessing? Dear Heavenly Father, if we gain this offering safely this morning, please bless me and give me a gift of this offering. Please help us to.
to apply the words that Pastor spoke to us this morning to our everyday lives. And please help us all to get to our point places safely after service. It's just not great. being here this morning. Stick around for our uh, afternoon service and our our dinner. Uh, what I'm going to do, if you're not a member of our church, I'm going to ask you right after prayer, if you would leave first, we want you, you are honored guests, we want you to be first in line if you're sticking around. Uh, so uh, members, please let them go first. Uh, we all, I'd like to make sure we start doing that and make sure our, our visitors feel welcome. We don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, we do want you to feel welcome and uh, honored for being here this morning. Uh, I'm going to ask um, Brother Tim Watson, if you would close this in a word of prayer, everyone would stand, please. But also, Brother Tim, would you ask a blessing on the food, sir? Spirit be with us. Thank you, Lord, especially for sending Jesus to die for our sins. And Lord, we just praise you for His presence, and we praise you for the provision you give us, Father, and for the power that comes from being a believer in Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just pray that you'd help us to be the servants, the leaders, and just the witness that you'd have us to be, Father. Lord, I pray that you would uh, bless each one of us here today, Father. I pray that you would pour out your spirit upon each one, that you would bless the visitors for being here today. Lord, that you would just enrich our fellowship as we gather together after the service. Lord, we ask your blessing upon the provisions. We pray that you would be glorified in all we do and say, Father, in Jesus' name.